Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode. One, two, three. Hello, and welcome back to Mixing Music. I am your host, DK, and today I want to talk about referencing and a little bit more about that and why that's important, why your mixes suck, and to be honest, um, getting out of your head a little bit too. So this episode is very important for you to realize, um, and this is one of the biggest tricks of getting better at mixing today. Like, if you want to get better and all of a sudden you're, like, wondering why the heck your music doesn't sound as good as it can be or the way it's sounding in your head, this is going to help you get out of your head and help you figure out what steps to take in order to take your, you know, next level up, your next step with mixing, with your mixing. So, this episode is all about referencing, and I'll do a special episode where we listen to old records and go up to generations to more modern records and reference, and I'll play clips of different songs that I like the mix of. Um, and point out and talk about different mixing elements. But today we're going to talk a little bit about listening to other songs in a critical listening environment. This is very important. One of the best things that you can do today to do right now is to listen to music in your mixing position. More importantly, listening to what music is supposed to sound like, whether it's out of your speakers or out of your headphones. One of the biggest common noob mistakes that I see often is that things are not bright enough. If you are trying to make pop, rap, pop, hip-hop, or even like like heavy metal or whatever records, you have to reference your music in order to hear what your music is supposed to sound like out of those speakers. For example, this is very common. I get a mix for a lot of this mix feedback, and the balance is quite great. You can tell that they've been mixing for a little bit. Um... But usually the balance is not the issue. It's something about excitement. It's something about dynamics. It's something about the EQ or something where the energy is not being transferred from speaker to listener or headphones to listener. Something is missing. And usually that something can be fixed with a little bit of EQ or a little bit of um, unbalanced mixing, you know, because balanced mixes are kind of boring sometimes. And so I will say that one of the best ways to get out of your head and to figure out a mix is to use a reference track in the sense that don't go pick one or two songs and then just keep referencing back doing that all the time. That's really nice, and I hope that you do that. But more important, but when you reference, you're not trying to copy that sound. What you're really trying to do is figure out the emotions and figure out what's making those emotions in that sound. Um... Because part of the reason why our mixing jobs is important is so when the listener goes from another song to your song, they're not distracted by the mix. They're not distracted by the volume, the mix, the sound. And this is kind of why I hold the whole loudness wars is kind of isn't really going to end in the sense that things are going to stay pretty loud now because people are not going to listen to the song if the song is dramatically, drastically quieter. Quiet songs from song songs. So let's say I play on my headphones on Spotify. I play, I play a little uh, Tory Lane song, right? 
and I listen to it and I'm like, dope, this is amazing. And then I go on to like an LMA song and I'm like, dope, this is amazing. I go to a Michael Jackson track and I'm like, dope, this is amazing. And then I go to your track where all of a sudden you're trying to fight against the loudness wars and then it's quiet, quieter, drastically quieter. And as a consumer, as a listener, I'm not going to be able to pay attention to your song because I'm figuring out why is it so quiet. Um, and if you have to turn up and down the volume to listen to your song, I might as well just skip it. So it's really sad because, unfortunately, I didn't even give, as a consumer, you know, the consumer won't even give your music a shot, that music a shot, if it hasn't been mixed well, if it hasn't been mastered well. So that's why our job is important. So when you reference tracks, what I mean is, okay, how can a listener transition from this song to the next song and to my song and the song after my song without noticing, without noticing the mix? Because if we do our mixes right, then nobody will think about our jobs. So let's think about that for a second. What does that mean? When you're li listening to a reference track, you should be listening for the EQ curves, how bright the snare is, how bright the vocal is, how bright the song is, how dark the song is, how warm the song is, what is warmth, and how much low end the song has, and how much to balance the low end. What the low end sounds like. Is it distorted? Is it open? Is it what is, is how loud is the kick drum? Like what is the loudness of the kick drum or the loudness of the vocal of the loudness of the snare? What is that making you feel energy wise? This is very important. A lot of these rough mixes that I get uh, for feedback, uh, not just from people from the podcast, but just in locals as well and friends, uh, I can tell right off the bat that they have not been listening to music, that they kind of got lost in their own little world mixing to the same song in the same five-second loop for two hours because it's totally off the, it's totally not even close to industry standard. In the sense that if you listen to an Avets Brother CD, you know, um, and then you listen to uh, Fun or Miniature Tigers, and then you listen to like Fifty Cent, and then you listen to Lil Wayne, like an old Lil Wayne track, and then you listen to a modern day Usher track, and then you listen to an old old Stevie Wonder track, like they're all going to sound different, and the culture of each genre is going to sound different, and the culture of each generation is going to sound different, but the fact is, it can't be too much different. Unfortunately, like there's a lot of flexibility, more flexibility than people think there's, but at the same time, like the reason why there's good mixes is because they make you not think about the mixes. They make, they transfer the energy real well. You understand the point of the song without, nothing sticks out. Like if I can listen to a song and like I could just dance to it and nothing sticks out, nothing distracts me, then that's a good mix. And to be honest, that mix can be dark, that mix can be extra bright, whatever it is. Like if I'm not distracted by it, that's a good mix. A great example is Tory Lanez. Whoever mixes for Tory Lanez, maybe it's the artist that puts in this input. Uh, listening to Tory Lanez on my monitors hurts because his vocal is so stupid bright. But at the same time, when I listen to Tory Lanez on my headphones, it's amazing. It fits perfectly. right? So you also got to be thinking about how people are going to be listening to your music. Um, in these mixes that I get, oftentimes they're not bright enough. Or they've got too much low end or not enough low end. It's too mid-range centric. Um, you got to be listening. And it's not about your speakers. It's not about your headphones. Don't, don't complain that your headphones are bad or your studio monitors are bad. That's not it. You just got to be listening to music from them. If you're going to make a rock track from your Yamaha HS5s, you got to know what rock music is supposed to sound like out of your HS5s. You know, you don't want to mix it, especially if you're just starting out. You might spend an hour there you know, hour trying to mix it, and then you go back and reference. You might even take a day. Like after a couple hours, just take a day, go back to it the next day. 
Um, there's this concept in scuba diving that I may have talked about before, but um, the instructor, so I'm scuba certified and the instructor will say like, if you stop, you know, if, if you stop and forget which way is up, look at the bubbles, right? What is your bubbles? What is your referencing tool? And for you, it should be whether it's Spotify, whether it's the radio, something that you should listen to that brings you back to real life because you can get really caught up in the upside down if you keep mixing the same five-second segment for over an hour. You know what I'm saying? So don't get caught up in the upside down. Remember where you are. Look at the bubbles as in reference to what you're looking at and make a better mix. You will be surprised to hear how bright modern mixes are. Pop mixes now, especially within the rap R&B world, it is super bright, like way brighter than most of these rough mixes coming in are. Like really bright. Um, so you got to really see how they make it bright. And you'll notice that most of these mixes, they're not bright in like the 3 to 8K range. They're bright in the 10K and above range. Like they're really bright in that. So you got to figure out what it's supposed to sound like reference those mixes and use like go back to old mixes go back to old songs go back through generations find the culture of your genre listen and know what it's supposed to sound like there's a lot of flexibility with volume of the vocal the volume of the vocal alone there's a lot of flexibility you can make it bright loud and bright like if a Beyonce song or a Mariah Carey song the vocal was not loud it wouldn't be a Mariah Carey Beyonce song that's the way it's supposed to sound with a lot of R&B and hip-hop, it's about the words. It's about the melody. So it's got it. But at the same time, the Foo Fighters track, like I don't understand what half the, half the time the Foo Fighters are saying because the vocals are so buried. That's, that's the culture of the genre. That's fine. There, there's no right way to mix a song. And most of the time, a song kind of mixes itself in, in the fact that you kind of know what to do by the time you're starting to mix it. You can hear what the song is trying to say and the, what the song is trying to do, especially if you get it from the hands of a producer who's already trying to create that vibe. Um, but at the same time, even though there's no wrong answer, the best answer is what is the maximum amount of energy transference, emotional transference. And sometimes that means to make things louder. Sometimes that means to make things quieter. Sometimes that means effects, reverbs, delays. Sometimes that means more kick drum, less kick drum, more snare drum, brighter snare drum, less snare drum, a brighter overall mix. Um, you have to listen to songs and know what it's supposed to I cannot explain this enough. Like, I do not know how to express my feelings deep enough about this specific topic. You know why car tests are so important and people go on and on about car tests? It's not because car speakers are great and the car is a great acoustic environment. No, it's because everybody listens to music in the car so much that they know what music is supposed to sound like in the car. Think about knowing your monitors, your headphones so well that you don't ever have to be doing a car test because you know your monitors and headphones better than the car speakers. That's the kind of situation you should be in. That's the kind of situation you want to be in. I myself, like, now that I've been doing this for tens and thousands of hours, if not more, you know, is, is I don't need to go back to the car every single time because by the time I finish a mix on my monitors, I know what it's going to sound like in the car because I'm more used to my monitors in the car. That's the only way that it should be. There shouldn't be another option. You shouldn't be relying on the car to end it all. Get to know your monitors real well. I spend so many hours as well as you should be. Everybody listening to this podcast, every mix engineer should be listening to this podcast, should be spending tons and tons of hours just listening to music on their speakers or on their headphones, whatever you're using as playback or your monitoring, right? 
You should know how the low end feels, how deep it goes, how loud it gets, how the mid-range feels, how how loud the vocals, the guitars, the hi-hats, the high end, like how bright the song is overall, how bright the vocals are, how bright is everything, the snare, like you should be listening to all these elements. And we talk about listening analytically, but we need to listen analytically in comparison from song to song as well. Tory Lang song compared to a Drake song compared to a Beyonce song. What are the differences? I have a playlist on Spotify that I use for called mixes to reference to or mixes to study where I just go back and forth between the different mixes and I compare between mixes. So even though in my listening space on my ATCs and my monitors, I'm listening to what it should be sounding like from the monitors, I can still learn about mixes from my AirPods because I'm referencing in my AirPods from song to song. I'm comparing in my AirPods. I'm critical listening on my ATCs. Does that make sense? So I'll listen from song to song on my AirPods, which has good enough sound quality. I'll be like, okay, I notice in this song, in this Chris Brown track, the kick drum is way quieter than this Drake track. Why did they do this? Why is Rick Ross's voice in this song so much louder? louder than this other Drake song. Why is, and I can, even though I'm not in a perfect ideal listening environment as far as like AirPods go, like it's not critically the best headphones ever, but I'm still able to reference and compare mixes to each other and figure out why they made those difference. What, what is the energy difference? What is the emotional difference between the two songs? What are they trying to accomplish and how does it sound? And to be honest, I actually do listen to my AirPods and listen to music a lot through my AirPods so much that some, I, to be honest, like I can give mixed feedback listening to AirPods. I don't. Usually I wait till I get in, this, in the studio, so I apologize if it takes a couple days for me to get back to you. If you send in mixed feedback um, to my email, dkmixes at gmail.com, D-E-E-K-E-I mixes at gmail.com, please free send uh, your mixes for me to review and give you feedback on. A lot of people have. Um, and the things that I have to say are pretty general and pretty awesome. Balance is not the issue. With most of these feedback songs, balance is not the issue. Balance is great. You know, people inherently, you all listen to music, especially everybody listening to this podcast probably listens to music more than most people and enjoy music more than most people, to be fair. Um, We know what music is supposed to sound like, but kind of getting out of your head and understanding what music is supposed to sound like in comparison to everything that's already out is a whole nother story. Reference, 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 like and know what your music is supposed to sound like. This is the number one key to getting better mixes. It's not knowing how to EQ better. How can you know how to EQ better if you don't know what music is supposed to sound like? Like, if you're trying to get that Chris Brown vocal, there's templates. I've seen people on Instagram trying to sell Chris Brown vocal template packs. That is the most biggest BS ever because your mic is going to sound different. Your, your preamp is going to be different. Your cover, there's so, there's too, the vocalist is going to be different. Whatever it is, there's too many differences. So you can't learn what to do. You got to know what it's supposed to sound like. And that's something that nobody can teach you other than yourself. Your ears hear differently from my ears. I hear differently from your ears. Like this is, this is not something that can be taught. You must understand. So this whole templates thing, sure, that might get a good starting point, but you got to know how to adjust the EQ and compression to make it sound like Chris Brown vocal. But how do you know what a Chris Brown vocal sounds like if you're not listening to Chris Brown's vocals? You know what I'm saying? This is, this is a, one of the biggest mistakes and one of the biggest, how do you say, hindrances from a good, good mixing engineer to a great mixing engineer. Don't compare your mixes to other your mixes. Compare your mixes to people that are at the top and people that are doing well in your genre, whatever genre that is. That should be what you're trying to compete against. That should be the song where if people hit next and then hit your song in one of those playlists, let's say your artist gets on a really nice playlist and they hit... 
in the hip hop world. Let's say they hit Chris Brown, right? And then they hit next onto your playlist. Will they notice the mix? Because if the answer is yes, then you failed. You have failed as a mixing engineer if you make people notice the mix. So what can you do to be different and to make the vocal and, or sorry, the mix uh, be sound good and sound true to you and the way that you hear it, but at the same time be the same enough that it doesn't distract your listeners? Because if you distract your listeners, you don't even give them an opportunity to like the song. You've literally ruined the entire reason for the mix. Because as a mix engineer, there are many purposes. One is to enhance the emotional connection intended by the artist to the audience, right? I've said this multiple times. It's not to create a new vibe to a certain degree. Even at NAMM, I, I raised my hand and asked Jason Joshua what he means by F your rough mix and what, how much he changes the rough mix. He even said, even though I say F your rough mix, that I still you know, respect the artist's opinion and the guide. And I, to the point where I just say, I do my thing and I make it sound the way that I like, respecting what the artist is going for. And if they don't like it, I give them their money back and I tell them to go somewhere else, which is really awesome. But at the same time, even he, where his slogan is F your rough mix, still respects the producer and the artist's vision, you know, but in his own way. So you got to realize like there's a balance here. You have to make it, the the artist is always right first off because it's aesthetics, you know, don't get offended. Sometimes it's just aesthetic choices that you wouldn't have picked. That's fine. But at the same time, you got to realize your job is to not be noticed. Your job is to transfer emotion. And sometimes, if you work with the artist closely, your job is to give the artist confidence, is to make them feel good about their music, and to give their audience, their potential customers, their potential audience, an opportunity to listen to their music. Please reference, please know what your speakers and headphones are supposed to sound like, Please, please, for the love of all that is holy, look at the bubbles, remember which way is up, give yourself a couple days if you need to, and reference, reference, reference. Okay, hopefully that was a good episode in the sense that hopefully you got something out of it. Um, Please, if you would love some feedback, feel free to email me, D-E-E-K-E-I mixes at gmail.com. I love hearing your MP3s. I love giving these feedback. Y'all are so stupid talented. Every single person that has emailed me thus far has so much, is so good and has so much potential. I'm so, so excited to be able to help y'all on your journey. The people that have DM me on Instagram or emailed me have expressed thanks and have somehow been able to find value from the show. And I'm so glad that I'm able to be here to help y'all. Please, for serious, this show, as you can tell, I'm not trying to really sell anything. I don't have a course to sell or anything. Maybe I will in the future, but this is literally for you. I hope that you use the tips and tricks to get better mixes because I want you to stop overthinking and to start overdoing for your clients, (laughs) over-executing. How do you say? Over-deliver. There you go. Start over-delivering for your clients. Um, On that note, happy mixing and stay saucy. One, two, three. This episode of Mixing Music with DK has been brought to you by Launchpod Media. If you want to start a podcast, make sure to start it right with Launchpod Media. Are you tired of using Google Drive or Dropbox to send files to clients? Well, never get burned again with FilePass. 
I love and use FilePass exclusively for sending files to my clients. It's a cloud file sharing website specifically made by engineers for engineers. It's absolutely amazing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash FilePass to check out the full feature list and subscribe today. Never lose another dime to burned projects. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show.